the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. to a Friday edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this cold, miserable Oklahoma Friday as we get ready for Oklahoma State and West Virginia tomorrow in Morgantown. Supposed to be pretty nice in Morgantown. High of 50 tomorrow in late November. Hard to beat that. There is a chance of rain maybe in the second half that could play an impact on uh, tomorrow's game, but uh, low chances and hopefully it'll be good and almost no wind tomorrow in Morgantown. So really couldn't ask for much better weather for Cowboy Drew Brown in his first start for Oklahoma State. I want to remind everyone we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. Every weekday, coming at you covering everything Oklahoma State. Today, we're talking Oklahoma State football right here out of the gate. How should they attack West Virginia after the break? We're going to talk a little Oklahoma State basketball, talking about next year's Charleston Classic that Oklahoma State's going to be a part of. Who else will they face down in South Carolina? Uh, we're also talking about tonight's game against Western Michigan. We'll talk about the women's soccer matchup this afternoon against Santa Clara as they chase a national championship. And then in the final segment. We'll take a look around the Big 12 and around the country at some of the biggest games this weekend. We will get all of the tweets, the Facebook comments and messages from you all, your score predictions, and then I will give you my score prediction and we will get out of here on this Friday. Again, glad everyone is with me. Let's dive right in talking OSU West Virginia. The line on this game has remained steady now uh, for about a good 20 hours since yesterday afternoon whenever it moved uh, from. It, it's been at 7 most of the week. Yesterday morning it was at 6.5. Now Oklahoma State is a 5.5 point favorite. That number feels about right. Oklahoma State should still be a better team than West Virginia even without Spencer Sanders. Now, the, the question is going to become, how does Oklahoma State attack West Virginia with Drew Brown? And And first thing, I think we need to take a look at uh, this story Scott Wright did in the Oklahoma. Scott Wright does a great job covering Oklahoma State football, and he did a little write-up here, five things to know about Cowboy quarterback Drew Brown. Number one, he said this is the opportunity he sought when he came to OSU, and this is kind of what I got into yesterday. If you're worried about him being injured in practice, maybe he won't end up being out there. I would say he'll have to be really injured not to be out there because this is what he's been waiting on since February of 2018 nearly two full calendar years uh, you know he, he arrived at preseason camp at the start of preseason camp later that year got to Oklahoma State he, he came over from Hawaii. He wanted to prove himself, uh, you know, at a Power 5 school. He'd been in Hawaii. Uh, he wasn't originally at Hawaii. He was originally at San, College of San Mateo. He's from San Mateo, California, and he spent his first year of collegiate football at College of San Mateo. He was unrecruited out of high school. Smaller guy, uh, doesn't have, you know, all of the, the tangible things that you can measure, you know, arm strength, speed, height, all these different things. He, he's got more of the intangible stuff 
Uh, now, number two, Scott Wright says the preseason QB competition was for real. Uh, he kind of dives into that Oregon State game and how Spencer Sanders ran with the job, but if it had gone differently in week number one against Oregon State, we might have seen Drew Brown against the Beavers. Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, Sean Gleason, they gave Drew Brown chances to win this job and ended up being Spencer Sanders, but I do believe that it was a real QB competition. Now, does that mean that you can expect Drew Brown to come in and there not be any drop-off? I would say no. I, I, I would think that you would have to expect a little bit of a drop-off. Otherwise, probably would have won the job, or maybe it would have even been a two-quarterback system of some sort. He did lose the job, so you would expect a drop-off, but I, I wouldn't expect that drop-off to be drastic because I do think it was a very real quarterback competition. Number three, his downfield throws are sharp. And this is, you know, some of the highlights from his time in Hawaii and what we've seen now at Oklahoma State. He's thrown three touchdown passes this year for the Cowboys. Two of those have been north of 40 yards. He threw a 69-yard touchdown pass to Braden Johnson against McNeese State earlier in the season, and then he threw the 43-yarder to Dylan Stoner against Kansas on Saturday. And that uh, that throw to Stoner was kind of the beginning of what will be a short Drew Brown era at Oklahoma State. Nobody knew it at the time. Everybody thought he was just coming in in mop-up duty for Spencer Sanders, who, who would be, you know, fine, sprained thumb, whatever the case may be. No, no, no. That was the beginning of the Drew Brown era at Oklahoma State. So he throws a good deep ball, which could come in very handy Saturday against West Virginia. We'll get more into that. Number four, Scott Wright says he's mobile. Not Spencer Sanders mobile, but he's not a statue. Uh, Drew Brown rushed for a little over 300 yards in his two seasons at Hawaii. He did not have a good offensive line. So I do think we will see at some point, I think we're going to see a whole lot of, you know, Chuba, 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 Chuba. And then in the second half on a big play, a big third down and five, I think we're going to see the fake to Chuba QB keeper around the right side and, and maybe pick up some big yardage because West Virginia has been collapsing inside on Chuba all day. I think they're going to save that play for when they really need it at a big moment in the game, you know, up by up by four points and just outside field goal range and you need to pick up one more first down to get inside field goal range in the fourth quarter, something like that. A big play in the game where you really need it, catch the defense off guard, fake it to Chuba, let Drew Brown keep it. He can move enough to do that. And the number five, Scott Wright says, his teammates love him. And, and he even admits here, you don't get points on the scoreboard for how your teammates feel about you. But if anyone, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but anyone else that was in the stadium last Saturday, when Drew Brown threw that touchdown pass to Dylan Stoner, his teammates were waiting for him when he got back to the sideline, and they were so ecstatic for Drew Brown to have made that play in a Big 12 conference game, not just going out against McNeese State, in a Big 12 conference game, making that play, making that throw to Stoner. His teammates were so happy for him. He's very well-liked, very well-respected by this Cowboys team. He was a captain last Saturday against, uh, against Kansas. I noticed that as soon as the captains walked out, I said, hey, Drew Brown's out there. The backup quarterback's a captain. That means something for his teammates to have that level of respect for him. So, I think Oklahoma State will be fine with Drew Brown. Like I said, I do think it'll be a dip, uh, but I don't think that you're going to, to some true freshman who's never taken the field before where you expect him to be flustered and turn the ball over. Like we talked about yesterday, he didn't turn the ball over a lot at Hawaii. I wouldn't expect him to do it tomorrow against what is not a very good West Virginia defense. So how should Oklahoma State attack 
West Virginia. I think, you know, you talk about Drew Brown throwing a good deep ball. I think Oklahoma State needs to attack West Virginia in two ways. The deep ball and Chuba Hubbard. I think you've got to throw the deep ball to keep West Virginia honest. I, I think if you're just trying to throw little screens out to the side, quick out, stuff like that, I think what, what you're going to find, and hopefully we can see it good enough on TV to really know how West Virginia is lining up defensively, I think what you're going to find is that they're going to have all 11 defenders within eight, nine yards of the box, and they're going to really sell out to stop Chuba because they're not going to be worried about you beating them over the top. I think Braden Johnson, Landon Wolf, Dylan Stoner, I think these guys need to get down the field on some play-action stuff, uh, even even non-play-action, maybe even getting Drew Brown out of the pocket a little bit and throw the ball down the field. Keep West Virginia honest because keeping West Virginia honest is what's going to allow Chuba Hubbard to have a big day. Now, What's a good number for Chuba Hubbard tomorrow? He's at 1726 right now. Uh, so I know we would all like to see him rush for 274 yards over the next two games. That would get him to 2,000. Huge number. Would make a huge statement as far as him winning the Doak Walker, maybe the Maxwell Award, and getting to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I really think without Spencer Sanders, I think the number to have in mind tomorrow is 200. I, I really do. I think Chuba Hubbard needs to have a big day. I think Mike Gundy has been worried about the number of carries Chuba's been getting all season. And I think without Spencer Sanders and without the QB run game, I think the concern about Chuba Hubbard getting a lot of touches, I think it goes right out the window tomorrow in Morgantown. And I think that they just continue and continue to give Chuba Hubbard the football and let him carry the Oklahoma State offense. So I think deep ball and Chuba Hubbard is how you attack West Virginia with Drew Brown. Hopefully Oklahoma State will be able to execute offensively. Uh, this is Locked on Pokes. I need to take a break. On the other side, we're talking Oklahoma State basketball and women's soccer. Women's soccer team chasing a national championship. They get underway here in just a few hours in California. Oklahoma State plays tonight at home against Western Michigan. We'll give you a quick preview for that game. That's coming up next. Don't move a muscle. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Rolling along here on Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this cold, windy, miserable Friday here in the state of Oklahoma. But that's all right because we have made it another week and we are back to some live sporting events. Got the soccer game at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Oklahoma State men's basketball tonight against Western Michigan, which I'm going to have to try to find on replay somewhere. The ESPN Plus thing is just... It's not that bad whenever I'm, I'm home and I'm able to watch it, but I'll be at Chesapeake tonight watching LeBron, so I won't get to watch Oklahoma State-Western Michigan live, and I need to find a way to watch the game, and I haven't fully figured out ESPN Plus yet, so uh, bear with me as we're in the non-conference here with all these ESPN Plus basketball games that I can't always watch live. Uh, this is It's going to be a good weekend. we got Oklahoma State-Western Michigan tonight. Uh, just for me personally, I'm going to see LeBron tonight, which pretty excited about i've seen him a few times uh in person when i was with the franchise uh i, I was down on the court for a pregame warm-up and kind of got to stand next to lebron that was a little bit different kind of makes you feel different about yourself you know just how regular of a person you are when you stand next to somebody like lebron um so that's going to be cool tomorrow oklahoma state west virginia um should be a lot of fun 
tomorrow morning. Ohio State, Penn State. We'll get into all, all the big games later on. OU, TCU tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that after the break as well. Uh, and then Sunday is is a very big day in my household. On Sunday, uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. My wife is a huge New England Patriots fan. I know, right? Tell me about it. So they have never they've never played each other since we've been together. They have not played each other. We've been together a little more than eight years now since we started dating. And Dallas and New England have not played once. And they play each other on Sunday afternoon. Also, my wife and I are playing each other in our fantasy football league for playoff seating. So it's a big weekend in the Powell household. So just send your T's and P's to me, not to my wife, uh, as we've got some pretty intense competition going on this week in the Powell household. Uh, All right, let's go ahead and get back at it. Oklahoma State basketball was released yesterday that Oklahoma State will be playing in the 2020 Charleston Classic Tournament. Uh, Charleston sounds familiar, right? It does. Oklahoma State has played against College of Charleston uh, the last two seasons, beating them 70-58 to last year in Stillwater and 73-54 to at Charleston last week. I believe that was last Wednesday. Um, Oklahoma State and Charleston were actually both in the Advocare Invitational last season as well, a non-conference tournament, but they did not meet up in that tournament. It's going to be an eight-team field, and it's a good basketball field, and this is going to be awesome with Cade Cunningham, Montreal Pena, Rondell Walker, fingers crossed, JT Thor. Uh, Oklahoma State will be part of an eight-team field next year that includes College of Charleston, which will be the host, Florida State, who Oklahoma State played uh, at the Advocare Invitational. Pardon me, they played two seasons ago. They were both in the Advocare Invitational last year but did not play each other. Oklahoma State beat Florida State two years ago in the Orange Bowl Classic, 71-70. to So it'll be Charleston, Florida State, Houston, who Oklahoma State had a home-and-home with. They played in uh, Stillwater last year. They'll play in Houston on December 15th. Houston, one of the better basketball programs in the country, certainly one of the best at the non-Power 5 level. And then Penn State, Seton Hall, Tennessee, and VCU will also be uh, participants at the Charleston Classic. So it'll be a good one for Oklahoma State. Hopefully they just load the non-conference up with, uh, with good opponents. You're trying to win a national championship next year. That's the goal. You have Cade Cunningham for one season. One season you have Cade Cunningham, and then he's going to go be the number one, two, three, whatever pick in the NBA draft. you got to make the most of it. Hopefully JT Thor comes along as well. Hopefully Montreal Pena develops quickly. You've got the Boone Twins. You'll still have your NA, which is going to be huge. Um, so Oklahoma State – lot to look forward to next year for the Cowboys. Uh, tonight against Western Michigan, Oklahoma State, that game's at 7 o'clock, again, on ESPN+. Plus. So good luck figuring out what to do with uh, with ESPN+. Plus. I, was, I had the schedule pulled up. So I go to look at the basketball schedule just now, and it, it said versus Yale on Monday. And I'm like, why would Oklahoma State – be playing Yale again. They just played Yale, and I was very confused. It's because I'm looking at the Western Michigan basketball schedule, and Western Michigan has Oklahoma State tonight and then Yale on Monday. But Oklahoma State and Western Michigan will square off tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Uh, Western Michigan comes into this game 4-0. 
wins over McNeese, Milwaukee, Mississippi Valley State, Valley State, and Alma. They've played one Power 5 school. They played Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago on November 15th, and uh, they lost that game 85-58. to Oklahoma State should be able to take care of business tonight against Western Michigan. If I was thinking about it, I would have went ahead uh, and gone and looked up the line for this game. I always like to know the line, you know, against College of Charleston. It was only four. That line scared me a little bit. Against Yale, it was like a 13-point line, which seemed like too much, and uh, Yale did end up covering that. So um, tonight, tonight, tonight. Oh my gosh! And now I can't find the uh, the line. I appreciate you all bearing with me while I track down this line. Eighteen and a half points. Oklahoma State is favored by. That's a pretty good line. Oklahoma State uh, hasn't beat anybody by a ton of points. We saw them struggle with Yale on Sunday. They ought to cover eighteen and a half against what is not a very good Western Michigan team. Look for Lindy Waters and Thomas DeZogwa to be able to shoot the lights out of it. Lindy Waters leading the team in scoring with 14, followed closely by Isaac Likely with 12.8, and Yorane with 11 points per game. The next two started. Oh, yeah, Likely will be back next year as well. So next year you'll have Likely, Yorane, uh, the Boone Twins, Avery Anderson, Laurent, Chris Harris Jr., all these guys, um, and you'll have Cade Cunningham, Rondell Walker, Fingers crossed, JT Thor, Montreal Pena, who hopefully will be able to develop and play as a freshman. So uh, next year is going to be a a major window for Oklahoma State to make a run at some serious success. Uh, One thing I thought that was interesting about the Cowboys' averages, uh, and this is just me being a a numbers nerd, uh, Keelan Boone and Caleb Boone, the twins out of Tulsa, each averaging exactly five points per game, and they're shooting within 1% uh, of each other from the floor. 46.7% from the floor for Keelan Boone, 47.4% from the floor for Caleb Boone. So again, I'm a numbers nerd. I think that's pretty cool. We'll see if Caleb and Keelan can continue to average the exact same number of points on the same percentage of the floor throughout the season. Uh, all right, Oklahoma State women's soccer headed out to Los Angeles uh, where they will play against Santa Clara today at 1 o'clock in the NCAA tournament. NCAA women's soccer tournament, single elimination, 64 teams, just like basketball. So uh, Oklahoma State is headed out to face off against Santa Clara. Santa Clara is a good team. They've won 12 in a row, dating back to a September 22nd loss to Stanford. Uh, And Santa Clara ranks seventh in the country with 56 goals on the season in 21 uh, matches. So not quite three goals per game, but they can definitely score. Um, These two teams played each other in 2009. Doesn't really matter. matter. It was a 1-1 draw. uh, And then uh, the Broncos won the penalty kick shootout. Interesting, Oklahoma State playing the Santa Clara Broncos today. in soccer, and they're playing the Western Michigan Broncos today in basketball. Where are the Broncos at this weekend? Hashtag roll chose. Uh, only UCO, though, not Western Michigan or Santa Clara. So that game's at 1 o'clock. If you want to watch it, you can probably try to find a stream online. It's not ESPN+, Plus, uh, so I don't know exactly where to find it. But good luck to the Cowgirls women's soccer team as they continue to chase a national championship coming on the heels of the Big 12 regular season championship that they won under head coach Colin Carmichael. All right, taking a break, coming back on the other side, talking about some of the biggest games around the Big 12 and around the country. We'll also talk about a shocking retirement in the world of college football. We'll do that. We'll get to all of you all's score predictions, your tweets, Facebook comments. That's coming up next, my score prediction as well. Stay with me here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Welcome back. This is Colby Powell, your host of Locked on Pokes, wrapping things up here on a Friday, game day eve, if you will. Oklahoma State taking the field at 11 o'clock our time tomorrow morning in Morgantown. It'll be noon in Morgantown. Uh, we'll see if the weather holds off. Supposed to be some rain rolling in around 1 or 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow at in Morgantown, West Virginia, which could impact uh, what Oklahoma State does, what Drew Brown is able to do in his first start as a Cowboy. So something to keep an eye on, but uh, good temperatures, probably about 45 at kickoff, getting up to 50 degrees with very little wind, two, three miles per hour wind. So should not be an impact. Hopefully automatic Amendola gets back to his automatic ways tomorrow. Uh, hopefully he got all the kinks out of his system last week in a game in which, quite frankly, Oklahoma State didn't need those field goals. Tomorrow, next week against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's going to need automatic Amendola to be automatic. Can't be missing three field goals in a game. So hopefully that was just a fluke one day where his mechanics were a little bit off after a bye week, and he'll get it figured out uh, before the game tomorrow in Morgantown. All right, let's take a look around the Big 12 to start with. Uh, we'll go in chronological order. We'll slot at 11 a.m. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, obviously. Kansas-Iowa State, the other 11 o'clock game, Iowa State, is a 24-and-a-half point favorite. Oh, man, that line seems uh, seems a little big, considering Iowa State hasn't blown too many people out. Oklahoma State was only a 17-and-a-half uh, point favorite against Kansas last week. Kansas has been able to move the ball against some teams. They nearly got the backdoor cover last week against the Cowboys. Uh, 17 and a half. They lost by 18. So Iowa State wins the game. Kansas covers is my prediction there. At 2.30, Texas and Baylor play one of the bigger games of the day. Uh, there is still a very outside chance that Baylor could not play in the conference championship game. Uh, I do mean a very outside chance. They would have to lose to Kansas in week 12. Uh, so they'd have to lose to, to Texas and Kansas. Very unlikely that happens, but not impossible. Baylor a five-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow against Texas. These games I struggle with because Baylor, one of two things is going to happen. They just had the heartbreaking loss in which they blew a 21.3 lead. They've been having here all week. Baylor blew a 28.3 lead. All this stuff, they're having to watch all this great stuff about Jalen Hurts, you know, shaking his head at the student section, all this stuff. So one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to spend all week feeling bad for themselves that they lost their chance at the playoff, they blew the big lead, and OU's getting all the accolades while they're getting made fun of on social media, and they're going to, they're going to spend the week wallowing in their own self-pity, or they're going to be angry, they're going to be fired up, they're going to practice that much harder, and they're going to come out motivated to play tomorrow against Texas. I tend to think it's going to be the first one just because of the way they lost to Oklahoma. I think it'd be very easy to just kind of sit around all week feeling sorry for yourself, uh, and I think that Baylor might do that. I think Texas goes in and pulls, pulls off the upset. I think Baylor moves to 9-2 and two tomorrow, and Texas moves to 7-4. and four. Uh, And this is a big game for Tom Herman. You look at what Baylor was when Matt Rule took over and what Texas was when Tom Herman took over. Boy, you go to 6-5 and five as the Texas Longhorns. I don't think Tom Herman's on the hot, the hot seat. I think he'll still be down there for a little while. But this season, uh, it's largely due to injury. I understand it. if it was another team, they'd be talking about injury. So there is somewhat of an excuse or a reason why Texas has struggled so mightily through the middle part of this college football season. But yikes, if they lose tomorrow to go to 6-5 and five and 4-4 four and four in conference, that will be 
Bad, bad, bad for Texas and Tom Herman. Uh, that's on FS1. Immediately after that game on FS1 is Kansas State at Texas Tech. You might think Kansas State would be a favorite in this game, and you would be wrong. Texas Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Lubbock. Give me the Red Raiders to cover just because the line's quirky. I think they'll be able to score on Kansas State. Uh, give me Tech to cover the two-and-a-half and beat Kansas State at home. And then tomorrow night on Fox at 7 o'clock, Oklahoma and TCU. OU is an 18-point favorite in this game. That line seems a little big for a team uh, that has struggled in its last couple of weeks, winning each of its last two games by a combined four points points. OU does still have a chance to make the playoffs. They need Oregon or Utah to lose in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then maybe LSU to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, knock Georgia out. So they need some dominoes to fall, but they certainly still have a chance to make it into the college football playoff. Uh, also, much love going out from Oklahoma State Nation to Grant Calcaterra. Uh, if you haven't heard, Grant Calcaterra tied in at Oklahoma announced his retirement yesterday due to concussions. It was about a three-minute video where he read a statement, uh, thanked everyone for all the love and support, talked about how hard this decision is. And, you know, there are rivalries in college football. There's Bedlam, there's OU Texas, there's all these good things. But at the end of the day, we're talking about good young men here who are, you know, really dedicating their lives to college football. And, And sometimes this happens. And good for Grant Calcaterra for, for you know, seemingly being at peace with this decision. He says he's going to go back to California and be a firefighter. But, you know, that's tough. A, a guy who had an NFL future in front of him having to retire from the game due to concussions. So rivalries aside, much love from Oklahoma State Nation to Grant Calcaterra because I cannot imagine how difficult that is for him to have to give up the game that has been his entire life and was supposed to continue to be his life moving forward. So, Uh, Much love and well wishes to Grant Calcaterra. Uh, As far as Oklahoma and TCU, I assume Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma, pardon me, will put up a bunch of points. That's what they do. This is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a 41-24 type game uh, in favor of Oklahoma. Some of the bigger games across the country tomorrow, obviously the big game tomorrow in the country is Ohio State and Penn State. Mentioning Oklahoma needing a team to lose. Oklahoma State could actually stand for uh, Ohio State to win this game tomorrow because if Ohio State loses, uh, Penn State then could work their way into the playoff and we can still have Ohio State in because they've been so impressive. So we can wind up with two Big Ten teams in depending on how the dominoes fall. I don't think that that happens. Look, this is how dominant Ohio State's been. This is the number two and the number eight teams in the country. The line on this game, 18 and a half. Vegas is telling us that TCU is closer to Oklahoma than Penn State is to Ohio State. That is how good Ohio State has been throughout the season. Uh, I think Ohio State will dominate. Boy, 18 and a half seems a little bit, uh, little bit lofty. I, I think that's too big of a number, but I do think that Penn State wins this game without too much trouble. Minnesota's at Northwestern tomorrow. Minnesota still has an outside chance to make the playoff. If they win out, uh, they would have to beat Wisconsin and either Ohio State or Penn State. You would think that those wins would probably get them in, so... Minnesota still holding on to a thread of hope. Uh, other other big games, you know, Notre Dame really has been eliminated from playoff contention. They host Boston College tomorrow. Not a huge game. Texas A&M at Georgia. Georgia needs to continue to hold serve to hang on to their playoff hopes. That is a 2-30 game tomorrow on CBS, UCLA, USC. That game, while it may not seem like much on the surface, it's a big game for USC because Oregon, Utah, those teams in the Pac-12, they need USC to be ranked more highly. 
so that that win looks better. So USC needs to beat UCLA tomorrow for those teams out in the Pac-12. Uh, other than that, LSU-Arkansas, biggest line between two SEC uh, opponents ever. It was at 45 earlier in the week. It's at 42 and a half now. And then I mentioned those two Pac-12 teams trying to make the playoff. Uh, Oregon tomorrow at 630 is on the road at Arizona State. They're two touchdown favorites. And then Utah is at um, Arizona tomorrow, 9 o'clock, uh, Pac-12 after dark on FS1. Utah is a 22-and-a-half point favorite in that game. So a lot of good college football uh, tomorrow. I I'm going to watch as much as I can. I'm probably going to have Oklahoma State, West Virginia on the TV. I'll have Ohio State, Penn State on the computer, and I will just be cramming absolutely as much college football into my brain as humanly possible. Uh, All right, let's get to some score predictions and some other thoughts from social media from you listeners. First off, we'll start on Facebook where Jason Mills commented on yesterday's link to Locked on Pokes. Yes, you can get that on Facebook as well. I'm not very good at Facebook. I haven't used it in a long time. I know how to share the link. I know how to, to check the comments and do some things. I'm, I'm really, Facebook's not my thing, but I do my best. So if you want to find me on Facebook, you can. It's just Colby Powell on Facebook. Jason Mills talking about Chuba Hubbard says he should be the number one running back taken. His talents are much more than just running. He's like a beefed up version of Joe Mixon. I think he should be in second place for the Heisman. Uh, I would probably have Chuba Hubbard. He'd certainly be in my top three for the Heisman. Uh, second, I wouldn't have a problem with him. I wouldn't have a problem with him first, second, or third, depending on what your criteria are. Uh, anything outside that. The other two, of course, being Joe Burrow and uh, Justin Fields at Ohio State, who've been phenomenal this season. Would have been Chase, Hurt, uh, Chase Young prior to his two-game suspension. I think that that hurts him just a little bit. <clears throat> Some uh, some people got in a conversation yesterday. Um, Evan McDaniel tweeted yesterday, said, just something to look at. The last season in Hawaii, Drew Brown's passer rating was 129. Spencer's this year is a 145.4. So he says he's expecting a slight drop-off. I think that's certainly reasonable to expect a little bit of a drop-off there. Andrew Wood on Twitter says, I don't think we'll miss a beat with Drew. The mobility might be a factor, but he can sling the rock still. The boys will be amped to play for him too. I do think the boys will be amped to play for him. Um, now, does that get the job done? Who knows? Um, I, I think I think Oklahoma State's going to have enough, but we'll see. Woody, uh, the Andrew Wood, 34 on Twitter, says 41-20 pokes is his score prediction. Says that he was at the KU West Virginia game in Lawrence, and Kansas held them in check. He says Drew Brown throws three TDs, two to Stoner, and Chuba has 175 total yards. Yes, KU did hold them largely in check. Austin Kendall's not any good. Austin Kendall's no longer the starting quarterback. It is Jarrett Dagey. We don't know a ton about Jarrett Dagey. The book is certainly still being written on him. So I do think that their offense will be a little bit better. Uh, Josh Randolph says Chuba for 409. That would be a big day. Uh, Zach Smith says he's worried it's going to be close. West Virginia looked a lot better last week with Daigie at QB. Uh, and he said also worried that we're looking ahead to Bedlam. Uh, Josh Randolph then replies and says, Chuba for 1,000. I replied to that, and I said, if Chuba runs for 1,000 yards tomorrow, he would still need a big Bedlam to pass Barry, if you're wondering just how ridiculous uh, Barry was in 1988. Chuba would still need 125 yards to pass Barry if he ran for 1,000 tomorrow against West Virginia. Uh, And then Ryan, his score prediction on Twitter, at Ryan underscore the underscore great. 
He says, Oklahoma State 30, West Virginia 24. Offense will be intriguing, counting on the defense to be big again and lead us to a win, as am I. I'm expecting the Oklahoma State defense to come up big tomorrow with some turnovers uh, and really just kind of keeping West Virginia in check, keeping them uh, largely out of the end zone as much as they can. You know, the red zone offense for uh, West Virginia is abysmal. They're T117. They only score, we went over this on Wednesday, they only score points at all when they get in the opponent red zone 72.4% of the time. And they only score touchdowns 51.7% of the time. That is not good. So I think Oklahoma State uh, defense will come up big tomorrow for the Cowboys. I think Chuba goes north of 200 on 30-ish carries. Like I said, I don't think tomorrow is the day to worry about how many carries Chuba's taken. Probably only have him for a few more games as a Cowboy. And uh, tomorrow's a big game. Get you that eight-win number before you square off against Oklahoma in Bedlam next week. My score prediction, give me Oklahoma State in a low-scoring game. 23-16 to in favor of the Cowboys. Utilize the deep ball. Utilize play action. Give the ball to Chuba Hubbard. Have some success. Rely on your defense. I think it's a close, low-scoring game tomorrow in Morgantown. I think ultimately Oklahoma State gets it done. Glad everyone was with me today. Remember, uh, watch the Cowgirl soccer team at 1 o'clock today as they chase a national championship. Watch uh, Oklahoma State West Western Michigan tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus, or better yet, get up to Gallagher Arena and support the Pokes. And then tomorrow at 11, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. I am back on Monday recapping it all. Uh, This has been another edition of Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.